and welcome Hello. to uh, another episode of a Not Another Gaming Podcast. <laughs> Resurrection. Yes. I'm your host, Michael. Uh, uh, last name unknown. <laughs> and with me, as always, is uh, Joseph, eight inches of man meat, Brichette. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, of course. That is me. Yeah. Hello. So, uh, what happened the other, uh, what did we do? You came to the city, mm. and we shared a, a space together. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I like how you put it like that. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened for our entire week-ish. Yeah, so me and Joe shared a hotel together. <laughs> yes. And it was about time. I learned a lot of things about him. Mm. Uh, I learned some measurements. <laughs> I learned so many things about the inner workings of his personal life. I learned his feelings on certain races. <laughs> God. But we won't go into those things. <laughs> we're here to talk about GDC because that's why you were there, right? Yeah, GDC. Yay. Why don't you just. Tell everybody what the hell you were doing there. Why are you so privy to be at another GDC? GDC. Because my current employment requires that I go to GDC every year and work a booth. That's right. I work a booth. Not like a booth, babe. Oh, God. I like, not like that. But, yeah, we were just uh, sharing our wares with all those lovely game developers. And that's why I came for the entire, entire week. Came on Saturday, left on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, long, long time. So you had a couple days of, of the hotel without me. Mm. Checking off like crazy to episodes of Naked and Afraid. <laughs> yes, you found me out. That's, that is indeed what I do on my yeah. pastime. But, uh, that's something I discovered. Mm. Wait, it's naked and afraid. Incredible <laughs> show. I'm. I was enthralled by it. I'm gonna have to seek that out again. Uh, I guess we should explain why Jumper Cables isn't here. Um, yeah. And it's simply because he wasn't invited. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's a painful truth. It's in this particular <laughs> case, he sadly did not join us. Which it would have been neat if he did. He could have slept between the beds. I don't know. Oh yeah. I, well, we would have to uh, uh, assign beds by race. Right. Right. Just shift through. But, shift through them. No, he could have been on, but he was busy this week. So. Yeah. He's um he's a big boy with school and work now, and we're very proud of him. Yes, yes. We miss him dearly. Indeed. <clears throat> so uh, well we'll get into whatever it is you saw there on the floor, and I don't. Did you even go to any talks? I went to a few. Yes, I went to I think a total of four. Four? Yeah, four talks. Okay, so we'll. You want to cover those before or after we talk about? This illustrious award show that you snuck me into. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, the, the talks that I went to were before the award show, so I could kind of go through them real quick. Yeah. If what did you, you see? Like. Um, so 
the talks that I went to, since it is GDC, which stands for Game Developers Conference, the talks are all about how to help developers make damn monies with their games and all things related. Monetization. So, exactly. So one talk I went to might be a bit dry for someone not in the industry, but it was like um, a guide to uh, monetization design. So they were kind of just for about like an hour, actually a little over an hour, they were just talking about different pricing models, you know, uh, player behavior and you know, how to get the player to buy a certain thing and like learning about the economy of uh, free to play games and all that kind of like free to play stuff and the inner workings of how payments work and microtransactions and all that good stuff. So that one was a bit long, but very, very informative if you're building a mobile game. Um, then another one that was incredibly short, but I found it to be really, really interesting was it was a talk on, um, how to get influencers to notice your game. So basically, how do you approach a YouTuber or a streamer or someone on Twitch, and how do you get them to kind of, uh, you know, to actually start doing a let's play of your game? And they're doing all these different strategies. It was like this guy who was doing the talk was some, he works for a UK game company, but he's also a YouTuber as well. Can't remember his name, but he was very British. I know that. Jim Sterling. <laughs> uh, I, no, that would have been, <laughs> that would have been an interesting talk. Uh, I wish he would have came. It's the only UK game guy I know, other than uh, than uh, Maddie Van. Man, that would have been neat if they both were there. I wonder how they would have presented themselves. But but um, yeah, no, it was it was pretty neat. Like he just um, the guy just talked about different ways you can approach influencers, and you know, one thing he kept saying they really like is when you put their stuff in your game. So there, he was making some sort of cat dating game or something, and he was saying. That they were really in, the influencers were really into, um, getting their cat inside of the game. And, and that's how they were more willing to actually start streaming it and doing let's plays on it. So yeah, different techniques to kind of get people, um, out of player game. The ethics of that? Um, he didn't go too far into that. No one really asked questions related to that, but that's a, yeah, that would have been an interesting topic to cover. Um, the way he was putting it was, yeah, if you want an influencer to start playing your game, just, just like go nuts and put all their faces and everything they love in your game, <laughs> and you know that's how you'll get them to play it. Um, yeah, so it's, the more you do that, the better. So that's pretty much was kind of the, um, yeah, what I got from that. Um, um, yeah. So I, I mean, I I don't know if we need to spell it out, but the you know the potential conflict of of mm. is is pretty obvious there, but. I guess that sort of thing is also so blatant that you kind of have to be an idiot not to realize it. Right. Right. But still, it is um, it is interesting. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. When not like when when games would put like real life magazines in their games, but it's more like when they would send the all the swag to right. gaming magazines, and you know, and they fly them out and like. I, I don't know. It also, because because YouTube personalities are, are are not the same thing as journalists a lot of times. So yeah, there is that weird like gray space because they are at the end of the day they they are responsible for shining a light on a lot of things. Very much so. I mean, they are important, but it's kind of funny because another talk 
Uh, so this guy was ta- in his um, How to Get Influencers talk was saying they're incredibly important and they're very powerful. They'll get you a nice boost of traffic and, you know, just people will start playing your game and noticing it. But then another talk that I went to, the guys was saying, don't do that and don't depend on influencers because it's not as effective as it used to be. It was like saying people on YouTube and uh, on um, tw- you're saying people on Twitch don't get you don't get nearly as much traffic as you used to um, because what's happening is that people are not going are not watching these Twitch people for the game they're playing. They're watching it for the personality, like the Jim Sterling guy you said. He's well known and people love him because of his personality, the persona he creates. They love that. They eat that up. But uh, the actual games he's looking at or playing in the beginning of the whole Let's Play thing, it was it would get more people to play the game. But nowadays, it's not even really about the game anymore. It's just people are it's the entertainer. They're just going for that. Not really much about the game. That's true. He he was, comes to mind as an example because he had um I can't remember the name of that game that had something they took something of him. I think they actually hired him to do like voiceover work for mm. um what was it called We Happy Few or something like that? Yeah. I, I, I can't remember the, the name of the maybe that was it. But uh he was very upfront about it cuz he is a little bit more on the journalistic side, but he did have some videos later on that kind of described the problems that that game was ha- having, so there is mm. He's one of those areas where for him, I think he, he you know, we obviously would feel the need to be like, and and I'll, you saw this a lot in in gaming magazines over the years, where they would put a little disclaimer saying, "Disclaimer: We, you know, have this relationship with the game developer out front." So, yeah, which is good. You're being honest and upfront about you know how you're interacting with them and why you're even covering their game and stuff like that. So I, I think it is good to be very uh, transparent about all that stuff. Um, I think then the next talk I went to, which I think was my favorite talk throughout all of them, was uh, it was this guy. He actually worked with Kotaku in the beginning. He was another British guy. I wish I could remember the name. I'm sorry. Um, Kotaku he used to work for Kotaku. Then he created his own publishing game company, and he was talking about how he got his game noticed. One thing I thought was hilarious that he said in the very beginning was he says, I am not in this talk, like I repeat, I am not going to be talking about how you can use social media and all that stuff because that has been done to death. And he was like mentioning there are so many talks at this, at this convention that cover that particular topic, but I'm not going to go over it again. And he says like, you can look at the GDC vault, which is something you can go to after to watch videos and, and stuff, pre-recorded stuff. And he's like, saying, I have done so many talks already on how to use Facebook and YouTube and Twitter. Uh, that's not what I'm going to cover here. What I'm going to cover is to act like different ways you can actually start. I mean, outside of that, like influencers, and Discord, he kept talking a lot about how, like, when you're about to launch your game, the best thing to do is to start up a Discord, um, which is the very popular chat program that a lot of gamers use to interact with games. And he was saying that was a great way to start building up a community around your game, even before it was even launched, and having trailers and YouTube videos and stuff like that. He said that helped a lot as well. So I liked how he wasn't it wasn't just another one of those talks like make sure to start up a Twitter and have a Facebook page and to always tweet about it and blah, blah, blah. He was just kind of talking about like alternatives to that and, and different ways and methods and how he got his game started. And then the thing I loved about it is at the very end, he was brutally honest and say, and said that, you know, making a game publishing company is hard and you need to be prepared for it to fail. 
and for you to have to like fire all your employees and to run out of funding, run out of money. So when you think you're getting to that point, be prepared that you have to make those decisions because they're going to be hard and they're possibly going to come. But I just like that he was just so open about that. Um, cause you know, that's usually something that's not talked about a lot. It's, it's the reality of it. Um, it's just stuff like that happens. So I think I enjoyed that talk the most. That was a good one. You don't remember his name. Well, I, I could probably, I'm on my phone right now, but if I, when I get back to the computer, I could, I could probably look him up, but, mm. but, um, it was a fantastic talk. I really loved all the stuff. He covered a lot of stuff. I took some notes. Um, I'll have to link those too, but yeah, it was, it was fantastic. I, I love the stuff he was covering. A lot of the stuff that's usually not talked about when it comes to launching your game. So that was neat. Enjoyed that one. Interesting. Yeah. So those were all the talks you went to. I went to one more um, about user acquisition, but then after about 20 minutes, uh, about 15 minutes into it, I started to notice that they were just marketing their own tool. I was like, wait a second. You guys have just been talking about your, you know, like um, proprietary user acquisition tool. How is this going to help anybody? And then so, so I ended up just leaving. <laughs> I left midway. I snuck out. Um, and then the last one I went to was about, there's a mobile game developer. Um, for the game called, I can't remember the name. I'm blinking, but essentially it was just on how to, how they, how they did the pre-launch of their game, what they did to prepare for it. Um, you know, what kind of advertising they did and, you know, how they worked with Google Play and, and I, and Apple with iTunes to get it launched and, you know, how they put it in, um, uh, early access on the, the Google Play store and other app stores. So that was cool seeing how they basically prepped the game for its launch. That was neat. Um, and that was pretty much all the talks that I went through. I wanted to go through more, but did not have time, sadly. So yeah. You're a busy bee. We were originally supposed to record this together in the same room with nice sounding audio, but here we are. Yeah. You're going to asleep. I, I know. I was tired. It was exhausting every day. Just running around, doing interviews and blah, blah, blah. I was naked <sighs> and afraid the whole time. <laughs> That's right. Now look at us. We're over Skype and I'm parked in a back alley behind a Burlington Coat factory. Yeah, this is awesome. I like this. Sounds this is good. Hot. It is. Well, I am wearing an Atari shirt and jean pants. And I shouldn't have asked. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I have a horrible sense of style. I mean none. So, lucky for you, mm. I hold in my hand the awards program that you were going to throw away. Oh, smart man. Excellent. Uh, so, we went to, I got all dressed up, took a car mm-hmm. and everything. <laughs> That's the, right. Uh, the Independent Games Festival Awards, the 20th annual IGA yeah. Awards, which was then That's followed right. by the far more exciting Game oh. Choice Awards. Oh. Annual. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And the hosts of that uh, were some guy named Trent Custers. Did you know who this guy was? I had never seen him before. He, I, I should have looked him up after, but yeah, he was new to me. Yeah. Did you enjoy his hosting? It was okay. I think I liked the host of the second award show a lot more. But um, yeah, it, it was he was fine. It was okay. Uh, last year's host, I think I liked her a little bit better. Um, but yeah, yeah. he's. Um, Man, she was an indie developer. She was so nervous when she was up there. It was it was great watching her. Man, 
Since it's blanking on all these names, I should have came from what prepared, but I can, I'll get that information in the show notes because it is important. She, she did a great job and she makes awesome games too. So. Yeah. So, um, there's a lot of awards for, for this, uh, a little bit shorter. So mm. some of the words were best student game, which I, I missed. Um, mm. Excellence in visual art, excellence in audio, excellence in design, the Nuovo Award. Not sure that mm. Excellence in narrative and the Seamus McNally Grand Prize, which I think we yeah. asked this question last year, but had, did we ever figure out who Seamus McNally was? I tried looking up that person. I, I still couldn't really find. I'm not quite sure who that person is or if we're even a real person. Seamus McNally. Hmm. Looks like, uh, oh, he, he was a very young man. Mm. He, he died in 2000. He was 21? Uh. Weird. Huh. Was he an indie game developer? He was a computer game programmer, founder, and president and lead programmer of independent game development company Longbow Digital Arts. Ah, uh, okay. Credit, he was credited for graphic design in the cult classic computer game DX Ball. Founder of sequel DX Ball 2 and the 2000 Independent Games Festival Grand Prize winner of Treadmarks. McNally died of Hodgkin's lymphoma shortly after winning the prize, which was subsequently named in his honor. Hmm. Well, there you go. That was nice. Treadmarks. Yeah. Hmm. Check that out someday. Yeah. But. Respect. So, uh, can you name me any of these games? <laughs> no, without having it in front of me, I I cannot name any of these games at all. So it's a lot of um, uh, smaller titles. Some of some of them were a little bit bigger, like kind of the bigger end of indie, like Cuphead. Yeah. Um, Triple A indie, if you will. <laughs> did Cuphead win something? Did it win visual art, or did that go to Night in the Woods? think they won the, I do remember them going up on the stage um, I think it was for the visual art because they did have a very unique art style I think that might have been the one they won uh, so yeah I think Night in the Woods won so I think that won the narrative award oh yeah um, some of the other games Night in the Woods Cuphead uh, Baba is You people seem to like uh, I don't even remember what it looked like um Getting over it with Bennett Foddy looked very interesting. I think that one that may have won the Duoco Award or something. Mm. Remember that one? Yeah, a lot of these games I had not. I'm usually I try and stay like you know up to date on the indie games, but man, a lot of these I had never heard of or seen. Like the Baba Is You thing, okay. um, that looked just like a roguelike looking thing, where it was all little eight bit shapes in the weird. I don't know. Yeah, I had never heard of a lot of these games at all. So they. We're all new to me. Very creative, though. Yeah, um, Celeste. Yeah, I heard of that one, though. That's popular. I think, did it, I think that won Best Excellence in Audio. Did. Yeah, yeah, it did. Do you remember what won Best Student Game? Student Game, Student Game. I was not there uh, for this portion. IO Interloper, Don't Make Love, Penny Blue Finds a Clue, We Were Here, Baba Is You, Guardian of the Gears. I think it was... Baba is you, or that might have been when I when I went out of the room. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, well, I guess if we talk any more about 
uh, the IGF. <laughs> it's, it's just going to be me naming random. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but you said you didn't, I- I'm guessing you didn't favor this one as much as the other award show? Was it just because you just weren't familiar with any of the games, or it just wasn't as exciting uh, as that? Well, it was shorter. Um, mm. I didn't know who the guy was hosting, uh, but I also didn't know who the, the person was hosting the next one. Um, mm. I, I didn't I didn't recognize any of the games, except for Cuphead, and I had seen Night in the Woods. Yeah. That was it. So, um, I mean, it was interesting to see weird shit like getting over it with Bennett Potty. But then again, you know, a lot of this stuff carried over into the to the GDC awards too. It did. One thing I did, um, I can't remember which award. It's probably on the the pamphlet you have. Which award it was, but they were showing a lot of the um, the Control Alt Delete. Um, that's what the name of it was. Uh, um, all the weird physical games where you had the unicorn and you had a bunch of the other ones and what were some of the other ones right. yeah yeah those were i every gdc I, I didn't make it to that hall usually it's it's in um the like the opposite hall of the expo floor so this this year was in the west hall and yeah the whole floor is just covered with crazy crazy games that people i think one guy was like rolling around and some i thought was i think it was like a knapsack or i don't know what that was so some sort of Looked like a human burrito. I don't know. It was just all weird. There was some strange things going on. But that's the thing I, I absolutely love about GDC too. Like all the creativity that comes out of this, and you finally get to see. Yeah. People make some weird stuff, but it's it's really cool to see. It really is a celebration of uh, just the love of games. Yeah. It's really nice that you can't really say about a lot of these other game conferences because they're just more about, you know, money. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, GDC is really where a lot of new ideas get put forward or ideas that have been working lately get put forward. I feel like people don't really cover it that much. So I think what the problem is, and the, the way that, um, like, the main, like, I guess, uh, gaming news outlets, they try and cover it, is I try and cover it from the perspective that we're going to get the next big scoop about the you know uh, coming game coming out right before E3 or something, instead of looking at it from the other angle of like like you were saying like this is we see all the the creativity this is where like all the game developers from all across the world they they come together for one time to just like you know talk with each other and share their ideas you know like share what what they're working on and it'd be really nice if. Like all these, like IGN and like, you know, Game Informer, all those companies like PC Gamer, like they went there and they just, they talked to the developers about that stuff. They don't have to talk about the Unreal Engine or, you know, what Amazon's working on or any of that stuff, but just, I mean, everywhere you turn, there's a developer with a crazy cool game they want to show off. Like talk to them, like really show the other side of the game industry. And, you know, like this is your opportunity to kind of expose all these really awesome things that would, be, that would never usually be talked about. So it's kind of really a little disheartening that they don't really ever really take advantage of that. They're yeah. just trying to find, is Gears of War coming out? Are we going to see a quick glimpse of it here? You know, this uh, is... Sometimes they do, but I can never really remember reading anything interesting. Yeah. But... And they do go to these things. Like, I remember the one time I, I did kind of get in one year, 
like I ran into like journalists and I when I talked to a few of them like Michael McWhorter and Patrick Klepek were there and guy was there yeah uh, all these guys were there but I I'm not sure what what really they they covered uh, but so oh. yeah so one outlet what, what I like to try and do is that after GDC is over I just We'll go on all different, you know, news sites and stuff and just kind of see what people were reporting on. And I went to Engadget. I, I kind of like going there here and there because it's, it's a decent tech site. And they do, they did like a bunch of videos on, you know, a quick recap of GDC. And all they were talking about was all the random VR equipment that's, you know, like the, the haptic gloves and the VR stuff and, you know, how, uh, you know, what Oculus is up to. And I mean, that's pretty much it. Like just, just the the pretty basic and a, like a few little indie games here and there, but because um, there's this thing called the indie me, uh, indie game mega booth, and it's where all like a lot of indie developers like will have a lot of games laid out, and you can just kind of go up there and start playing the games and, and stuff like that. I mean, and that was fine. They're they covering a few indie games, talking about the VR headsets, and that's about it. But it just it feels like they're just not doing as deep coverage as they. They should, or I mean, like what you were saying though, with N guy, and back then it sounds like maybe they were putting a bit more effort into it, but maybe now it's just, yeah, I don't know. I wish they would. Yeah, it, it does seem like they're fishing for for stories, but they don't want to cover the ideas. Yeah, I don't know, but I I haven't like extensively Googled um, anything. But you know, I do get a daily email every morning with the latest gaming news, and uh, I didn't see anything the week of GDC. Yeah. You know, Twitter usually is good about these things too, but yeah, like there was another thing that a talk I really wish I could have gone to. There was a talk about like um, a retrospective on um, Sonic the Hedgehog. Like they basically were breaking down the the first game and how it was made and. The process with you know with uh with Sega America and all that stuff and that would have been awesome to cover that I mean that I mean just, it just it, they were just talking about the whole history of Sonic how it was created the, you know the pains they went through and all that good stuff I mean I know it's a bit more developer focused but it still would have been neat just to just get a, you know more insight about that and you know just expose more of the process of creating Sonic and I don't know find out why he was blue versus purple I just you know. Just stuff like that. That, that would have been neat. So, yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, it, ain't, uh, it ain't about Call of Duty DLC. They don't care. <laughs> Pretty much. That is so sad. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, mm. anyway, the, the Game Developers yep. Choice Awards. There you go. Very exciting. Hosted mm. by the lovely and talented Robin Hunick, who's the co-founder mm-hmm. and CEO of Funomina. Um, I, I had not been been uh, familiar with her, but she was described by uh, the first guy as indie as fuck, and she delivered. She was very um, cynical and funny, and just, she really didn't give a fuck, and she she may have been getting drunker as the evening progressed. She was a, it was very rock and roll, the whole thing. I I appreciate it. She she did. She did good. I liked it. Yeah. Oh God, yes. She was. She had a very cynical view on just about everything. She had a very she had a lot of dark humor. It was just. I mean, even at near the end, she was literally drinking. I mean, she. I think she had a thing of champagne or whatever. But I mean, she just. Yeah, she. She, used she did a great job. 
yeah, that was fantastic. She was hilarious. Yeah. Um, I mean, she doesn't, uh, last year, uh, oh my god, what's his name? From Double Fine. I'm like blanking. He actually got the... Tim Schafer. Yeah, Tim Schafer was the host last year. Now that man made the entire, everyone was cracking up the entire time. But, um, uh, so, but her, but her take on it was just like this, this beautiful, just, <laughs> I'm laughing just thinking about her. No, she did a fantastic job. I, I hope she comes back and hosts again. Yeah, very uh, too too cool for school attitude. Oh yeah, good stuff. Good very stuff. Funny. Mm-hmm. funny. So, um, yeah, looking through this, it's funny. It, uh, it seems like the, there aren't actually that many awards. It seemed like there were more last year, or not? Yeah. But the last time I watched, I, well, I guess I did watch last year online. Was that the year Tim Shaver hosted? Yep, last year. That was yeah, the year he did it. I watched that online. Uh, but I was there in real life this time. <laughs> uh, so it's the best debut. Uh, there's Team Cherry with Hollow Knight, Sidebar Games with Golf Story, CEO MDHR with Cuphead, Infinite Fall with Night in the Woods, and Buried Signal with Gora Goa. Do you remember what one? Gorgo mm. was that weird thing with the guy with the hammer and the giant jar. No. Jump. None of that was something else. That okay. was uh, getting over it with Bennett Foddy. Getting over Bennett Foddy. That thing was a lot. Um, was it Golf Story? No, it wasn't Golf Story. Golf Story. I want to say it was Cuphead. Yeah. <laughs> that would yeah, probably no. make the most sense. But um, right. Great reporting over here. He was. <laughs> Oh man, my memory was bad. Did you play Cuphead? I have, yeah, I've been I play Cuphead. Uh, I have the game. It is insanely difficult. I mean, it, the music is amazing. The art, the the start style is even more amazing. But the game is just brutally, brutally hard. Even on the easiest setting, it's insanely difficult. So I didn't get very far because I was just getting way too frustrated. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, been on my list for a while now. Ever since I saw them announce it over at the, uh, is it like Xbox E3 or some shit? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I wanna. I'm kind of waiting for a sale right now. Hopefully, Jump Cables has a new PC, so hopefully I can get some co-op in. Or uh, it's just two-player co-op. There's no more than that. I yeah, I think it's just two-player. Mm. What I've seen. Yeah. We'll see. That's definitely worth getting, though. It's yeah. fun. Oh, I'll try. Best mobile game. Mm. Reigns Her Majesty. Hidden Folks. Monument Valley 2. Goragoa or Bury Me, My Love. Do you remember what one, Joe? Monument Valley 2? Um, I don't know, but uh, I played the first one of that, so let's say that. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. I... Only played the first one. I didn't. I haven't played the second one yet. It's a, it's an okay game, yeah. but people love that game. Like it gets a lot of love. Well, it's very pretty and it's very fun and it makes you feel smart. Uh, yeah. All things you want out of a good game. Uh, very true. I didn't play the second one because they charged money for it. Yeah. <laughs> Except on Android, I believe they gave that away for free. Miami Valley Two. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's weird. Did that win? Maybe it did. What were the other ones again? Gora Goa, Bury Me, My Love, Hidden Folks, Reigns Her Majesty. Reigns Her Majesty. 
Sounds familiar. I can't tell if I don't remember them because they didn't win or because they did win and I didn't care. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember uh. if... I can't tell if I I remember Monument Valley 2 because I I recognized it or because they won. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll just yeah. say that they won in, in our hearts. All right, there you go. I'm good with that. Let's see. Uh, best narrative. Night in the Woods. Oh, yeah, that one. Oh, it did? Well, yeah, that one. got to let me read the... <laughs> All right, sorry. The, the nominees. Mm. Hellboy, which lost... What Remains of Edith Finch, which lost. Orion Zero Dawn, which lost. Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus, which lost. So yeah, Night in the Woods. Uh, do you know what that game's about? Have you played it? Um, I haven't played it, or really do want to, though. From what I hear, the writing is incredible. Uh, as when all the people went up there, like they kept going on and on about, like saying, we never, you know, we were so amazed that we got the opportunity to share our stories and blah, 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 blah. Uh, but, um, it's, yeah, it seems to be, from what I heard, the storyline deals with a character going back to his, his old town after, for graduating from college or something. And he's like seeing that it's just, he's going through all these relationship issues and he's seeing that the town is not what it used to be and how there's like this, like the, um, like the, big manufacturers taking over and destroying jobs and blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. So it's it's apparently a very dark and depressing game to some extent, but also incredibly humorous and very well written. So I think that's why it won. And all the characters are cute little foxes. Yeah. Yeah. We're all going through depressing things. Oh, best technology. Destiny 2, Hellboyd, mm. Senwa's Sacrifice. Assassin's Creed Origins, Horizon Zero Dawn, The Legends of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. Um, oh, I want to say that Breath of the Wild won. Is that right? I think it was Horizon Zero Dawn. I think so? Oh, God. If Zelda wasn't in there, I'm almost positive it was Horizon. But now I'm not sure. Uh, crud. I'm going to go with Horizon. You think so? Yeah, that game looked pretty amazing. I do remember seeing them up on the stage. Right, yeah. That might have been it. Um, and I don't know what else they would have won. But, um, yeah, probably. But what do, what do they... Why don't you break down this award for us, Joe? What do they mean when they say best technology? Best technology, meaning the tech they used. I believe Horizon, they rolled their own engine, I think. Or was it the Crytek engine? Um, it's not Crytek. It is... Unreal? No, it's Guerrilla Games' engine. Guerrilla Games. Ah, Kill okay. Um, Decima. Decima. Yeah. Oh, that, and they also they made a... Um, yeah, that's what it was. They, so, so, yeah, they, they definitely won that one. Because I remember... When the the guys were talking, when they went up there to get the award, they, he was joking and saying, yeah, you know, like joking about how they had to basically just completely change the engine from Killzone, right. your first person shooter, to being what that is like, I guess like an open world game with cybernetic, you know, robotic dinosaurs and stuff. So yeah, just by the very fact that they were able to change it to an open world game and just the quality of, yeah. of everything in that world is amazing, and all the dialogue, and yeah, that's why it's technical. 
yeah, achievement. That's right, that's right. I remember now that you pointed that out. They did go from a linear first-person experience to an open-world third-person Yeah. Um, and I believe this is also the engine that Kojima is using for Death Stranding. For good reason. That looks amazing. I, I mean, I can see why he liked it when he was doing his little tour. Uh, still a shame he had the Fox engine stolen from him, but... Uh, like yeah. Mended it some good waters there. Uh, good deck. This was Best Audio. And the nominees were Cuphead, Near Automata... Hellblade, Zelda, and Horizon. Do you remember what one? Oh man, I I wish it was Cuphead, but I don't think Cuphead won. I think it was Zelda. Yeah, it was Zelda. It was Zelda. For our best audio. Yeah, it was. I remember being disappointed because it was Zelda, and I wanted it to be Cuphead. I think that's yeah. It wasn't near. Near. God, that hmm, maybe maybe it was that one. Shoot, yeah, I don't know. Was that Zelda, Near, or Cup one that kind of bed? I want to say it was hmm. Near because uh, Near was nominated for uh, audio design, game of the year, and spoilers. Uh, it didn't win Game of the Year, and I'm no. sure Best Design uh, would have gone to Zelda. Yeah. And I do remember the near near guys coming up uh, to the stage being very surprised that they won anything. Um, and, the, <laughs> and the guy with the uh, Yoko Taro, it, he, uh, you know, he has the... Uh, that fucking big head, the big moon head that he always wears, the scary demon head. Yeah, he, they, they had to guide him up. He had a hard time. Yeah. I don't think he could see. <laughs> yeah, he always wears that thing. Oh, that's fun. But uh, anyway, moving on. Best visual art, Persona 5, Cuphead, Horizon, Zelda, and Night in the Woods. Mm. I, would, I would think that this went to Cuphead. Yeah, let's say Cuphead. Cuphead needs this. <laughs> well, it's not up to us. It, it already happened. <laughs> yeah, I know. Already, yeah, I know. I just don't remember. I'm, but pretty, I'm, just I'm pretty sure it went to Cuphead, too. The game's... Yeah. A lot of work went into that. You really don't see 2D animation like that in games anymore. and Especially in that art style. The art style is so unique. It's just a, a, a brilliant maneuver to do that. Um, yeah. Now, best design... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say it was also all hand-drawn as well, so yeah, there was a lot of love in that art. Yeah. Uh, so, best design, Super Mario Odyssey, Horizon, PUBG, the uh, only nomination there. Um, hmm. Breath of the Wild and Nier. Um, and I would think that this went to Zelda, didn't it? Yeah, I think it did. Um, I was actually surprised that Mario didn't get more at the award show, but I mean, the design of the game was, it was okay. I mean, it was pretty, each level was pretty creative within itself. But yeah, Zelda, what they did in the scope of that is just mind-boggling. So yeah, I'm not surprised on that one. Definitely not. And I do remember that the uh, Nintendo woman came up there. There was just one lady from Nintendo 
Yeah. yeah. She had to go up there a couple times. <laughs> Probably at the last minute, just went to the marketing team. Any of you guys want to go to this IGAF9 thing? <laughs> we need you, one of you there. Yeah, because she didn't really seem like she felt comfortable. I don't know. Seemed kind of out of place. She seemed fine. Yeah. Uh, she did point out that I think she said Reggie was supposed to be there and he wasn't. Well, she pointed out the Nintendo guy was supposed to be there, and he's kind of been the um the past few months. Um, he's become quite popular. Nintendo has been using him as kind of like the unofficial official spokesman of Nintendo. It's just basically just normal looking guy who's been appearing at all their conferences. Really? Doing yeah. His, his name is he's named the Nintendo guy. Oh really? Uh, yeah. That's silly. so. That's why she brought him up and. Like, while she's saying, like, we really wish the Nintendo guy could have been here, but he was busy. So, yeah. Hey, you know, I was looking at this and noticing that, um, I forgot that What Remains of Edith Finch was published by Annapurna Interactive. Mm. Annapurna is a film company. I didn't know that they got into publishing games. Huh. Recently. Yeah, neither did I. Well, I guess it's where the money is. Yeah. Are we sure that Zelda didn't win Best Audio? Well, that's why I said that. I thought that originally, but then when you brought up Mir, I remember that guy coming on stage with yeah. the big head thing. So maybe they did win audio. Maybe that would mean that they won Best Design, though. Hmm. <laughs> and would that really have happened? For what? Uh, Zelda winning Best Design or Mir? Mir, because Nier. he was up there. Yeah, god dang it. Which one was he up there for? He only uh, came up once. I don't know. Well, we can maybe... I can Google it and you can correct it at the end of this. But uh, anyway, so... Uh, yeah. Uh, pretty sure Zelda won Best Design. Uh, best VR AR game. Mm. Super Hot VR. Star Trek Bridge Crew. Lone Echo. Resident Evil 7. Biohazard. The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim VR. You remember what one? Super hot, wasn't it? Yes. So, I'm actually really surprised that Resident Evil didn't win. Because I, I actually did try that with the PlayStation VR. And it's really good. I mean, I hmm. can't have that thing on my head for more than like 10 minutes without feeling like I have to vomit. But, um, no, the, the entire game was made for VR, and they did a really fantastic job with it. Um, super hot. Do you have a I, what, VR headset? I, for Christmas, I got my brother a PlayStation VR headset. Oh. So, yeah, so, um, we were trying it. We didn't get the game, we just had the demo of it, but it seemed pretty, seemed pretty cool. Um, super hot. I have not tried that, but I know that game has been getting a serious amount of love, especially the VR version, so, Maybe it's not that surprising. Um, it looks really cool. I, I haven't played it though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. The uh, the hostess uh, was uh, she was talking about VR and AR games, and she made some kind of crack about how uh, she wanted to see more innovation and less tech demos with guns added in. And right. That was classy of the super hot guy to not mention that joke. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, what won? Pretty much. But it is, it's very fun if 
anyone's not familiar, the idea is that you're in VR, all these guys are very stylized, you're in a gunfight, um, but time only moves when you move, mm-hmm. and, and it's a little bit slower, so you have the opportunity to kind of plan your maneuverings and your attacks and kind of dodge bullets in the pick your shots. It looks pretty fun. Uh, I'm, I kind of want to excite it. It kind of reminds me of that game I released in Love in Arcades, uh, Police Trainer. Yeah. <laughs> so waiting for someone to bring that to anything. <laughs> it would have been a it would have been a nice Wii game or a PlayStation Move game, but or a PlayStation Eye game, you know, a PS2. Mm. Did it. Um. So Someday. The Innovation Award. Gorikoa, Zelda, What Remains of Edith Finch, Everything, PUBG. Do you remember what one? I want to say everything. That sounds... I mean, the game, it, what it does, it's pretty darn innovative. It, I have not... So basically, everything is a game where you can play as everything. You can literally be anything in the game. Um, you basically just kind of uh, um, take on the body of whatever you jump to. So you could... Um, jump to a tree, and then you could jump to a mouse, and then you could jump to a blade of grass, and then you could jump to dirt, and then you could become a rock, and then you could become, you know, what's underneath the rock. You can literally become everything in the game. And it's just, I don't know the, the goal of the game or anything, but I just, just the very idea that you are able to literally be anything in that world, anything at all, is, is pretty mind blowing. So. What do you do when uh, you become dirt? <laughs> uh, that's a very good question. The question I never thought I'd be asked. Um, I don't, I don't know. Just shake. <laughs> just, just shake. I don't know. Well, that's that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Maybe Google that one. Strange. It's a very strange, strange game. The big one, game of the year. Oh yeah. PUBG near. Zelda, Horizon Zero Dawn, Super Mario Odyssey. And we all knew what was going to win. Yeah. It was The yeah. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Not surprising and one that I'm pretty sure everyone knew that was going to be the winner from the very beginning. Breath of the Wild. Uh, so yeah. You played this, correct? I have played it and I have purposely stopped playing it because I it will consume my very life. I've heard it's, it's very good. It is a masterpiece. It is so good. I mean, the world, I mean, they have basically covered every inch of that world with something you can do and and just everything, at least most of everything is um you can interact with or a lot of, pretty much almost everything in the game has physics to it. So, I mean, just going on the water, having a boat, I mean, just the clothes, I mean, how everything is done, it's just, the scale is massive, the world is massive, and you can just keep going and going and going, and yeah, yeah, gotta make sure you have a lot of time on your hands. Yeah, um, it's funny, this game has, from what I've heard, um, like this, and what I've seen, this game has just had its dick sucked from every <laughs> angle by every person. <laughs> but people say the dick is really tasty. Mm. So, I, you know, 
I might have to get down on my knees for that one at some point. <laughs> trying to. Right. Get gotta get a switch. Everybody loves it. My uncle has a switch, so. There you go. There's one in the house, but um, um I'm hoping that somebody will let me borrow it. Yeah, man. Everybody seems to be playing it. And the thing I, I like about it, too, is that with the Switch, I mean, most of the time I played it just uh, in the port- portable form. I haven't really played it that much on the TV, and the quality doesn't really dip that much at all. I mean, it still looks and runs just as smooth as if you had it plugged into the TV. So uh, it's yeah, it's a pretty amazing game. And the Switch's battery life is <laughs> it's so it lasts for a long time. So it's you can just... Keep playing. Um, about a day and a half. If you just keep playing it straight through. Really? Well, you know, a day and a half. Probably about a day. I about could. A day. I could have. That seems crazy. I could have sworn that there were battery life concerns at launch, mm. like that. Like they had, mm. they had announced something. Interesting. Um, no, I remember playing it in the morning and just like it started dying down a little bit in the evening but uh yeah I was just playing it all the way through um and even if the battery does die on you it doesn't take that long to charge I mean it charges up really quick so it's yeah all around it's a great experience the game's amazing yeah so uh I was a little surprised to see an in memoriam section mm. uh dead guy roll did you recognize anybody? Um, two people. I'm trying to remember which people. <laughs> well, the only one I recognized was John Sagan, who's mm. uh, a voice actor who's been around for a while. He was the voice of Solidus in Metal Gear Solid 2, most notably. Um, yeah. I want to say he'd, he'd done some, some Disney work over the years, but, uh, R.I.P. Solidus. I um didn't know who she was. I didn't really follow her work and stuff, but it was still really sad to see the voice actor that played Bulma and I guess Naomi? Was that? Not Naomi. The girl from... Oh, Naomi. Oh, Naomi, sorry. Naomi. Yeah. I think see it, her go. I think her name was Hiromi Tsuru. Mm, that was a shame. See her go. Maybe it was... Kikita. It's not that many women on this list, but um, which we're gonna have to, you know, strive to fix. Yeah. Not exactly fifty percent in the in memory, but hopefully next year it'll be an equal number of men and women who die. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see that change, and when we go to GDC next year, and there'll be nothing but women, no men at all. Maybe just one guy. Dead just, women. Just oh, let's hope not. That's what I was talking about, Joe. I know, but I was trying to think. All these men died. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to see any. (laughs) I don't want to see anyone dead. (laughs) What a world. Um, But it was a lot more than I expected. I was expecting maybe one or two, but it just kept going. It was just, man. The game industry just keeps getting bigger and bigger. I want to say that I really loved, and the audience seemed to love, these uh, little interstitials. Done by the lovely and talented Hey Ash, what you playing? Oh God, yes, they do those every year. They're so funny. There's some really great shit in there. It's very funny. <laughs> yeah. I'm very uh, what do you call this? She's a woman after my own heart. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, good sense of humor. <laughs> so did the, I think my favorite skit was the one with um was it Mario? Yeah. The Mario Odyssey one. That was <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah, they were all really funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They they usually tend to do GDC and Mega sixty four tend to do E three mm-hmm. from what I've been noticing. But um yeah, it's all around good stuff. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think Mega 64 may have done one of these. Because I feel like they did a, a very... Maybe it was E3, but... Uh, what's his name? With Kojima? No. No, the, uh, the guy, the founder of uh, Ken Kudaragi, they did that sketch with him. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. that was because he was getting a Lifetime Achievement Award. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, maybe they, they just switch off every year or something. Speaking That's of good. that, there were some honorary... Awards. The Ambassador Award went to this guy, Rami Ishmael. Had you heard mm. of him? Oh, yeah. He is... I mean, there was good reason why he was getting as much time as he needed to do his um his long, 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 long speech. Is because he is, like, truly the ambassador in the indie game development scene. Like, everyone knows who he is. He's incredibly helpful. I mean, like, if, if there was, like... I'm not gonna compare him to Gandhi or anything, but he's kind of, he's kind of, he's, he's he's like that kind of character where he's just everybody. He helps everyone. Everyone goes to him. He likes to sleep with young girls. Oh, jeez, just yeah. I, when I found out about more of Gandhi's past, I was like, ah, yeah, dude. Um, but yeah, no, he completely deserves you know all the all the praise he was getting, and he's truly an amazing man doing some fantastic things for the in the independent gaming scene um but do you feel like he kind of went a little too long with his with his levels i think was i'm thankful for thing i mean he was thankful for everything yeah i mean it was a good speech you know his good wife and his parents were i can't remember who was there yeah they were all there yeah his wife and his parents but, uh, yeah he you know he thanked a lot of people and uh i thought it was funny that you know in this day and age, it's all about inclusivity, and he was really <laughs> pushing that. But he, he, he thanked, or no, he was, you know, saying that we need to make a, make it easier for people who are disadvantaged because of, and he started out with like the classic, like race, sex, gender, right. and then he was like economics, status, he was like geolocation, mm. and he just kept going on and on and on. Where he, he basically listed every possible hardship that life has <laughs> to did. offer. Yeah. Which I appreciate because it kind of, uh, it kind of puts a little more perspective on things like, okay, like nobody really has it like that easy. No. It's not just the groups that we think about, but he really could have just said, you know, for everybody out there whose life is hard and right. they have no opportunity to make it. We're going to do better for you, you know? <laughs> no, he has to outline everything. Yeah, everything. He has to cover the entire human experience. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. But he seemed like a, a good guy. Like, they had a little bit of a... I think they had a video or something showing all the stuff he goes. He travels the world. Yep. Uh, and speaks and, and tries to... to he's, a, he's an evangelist, basically, for, for game designers, it seems like. That's exactly it. Yeah. He goes to lots of conferences and everyone and stuff. Basically, the man seems like a saint. <laughs> Pretty much. That's the way he's looked at. I can't remember who presented that. 
it was a, the guy from he said he grew up in Poland or something or that's another buddy of his. Yeah, that's it was another brown guy I think. Yep. But um, I, I got to see my lover boy take the stage, Mr. Jeff Keeley. Yeah. Who doesn't appear in the program for some reason? This was a surprise. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> but, uh, it, it was nice to see him there. Um, he had some very lovely words to say about the Lifetime Achievement Award that he gave to Tim Schaefer. Uh, do you mm-hmm. remember what Jeff said? Oh, um, well, he kept gushing about how much he loved his games and how he played them when he was a kid. I know that. I don't know the specifics of what exactly he said, but I, he, he just kept going on about how much he loved the games that he made. Which yeah. was kind of embarrassing him a bit. Why was that embarrassing him? Not, not him. Um, and Tim Schafer. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Tim got up there and he really just gave a, a great heartfelt speech and he was like, mm-hmm. choking up and he, I think he was making other people choke up. and. Oh, yeah. His whole team was there. Tim Double Fine was there. Yeah, he, he just... It was very, uh, I, I loved his speech. You could tell, you could really feel the energy in the room pick up when he was up there. Oh, uh, yeah. I was really feeling it and everything he had to say. He just kind of went through some of the milestones in his career. But the, the thing that really stuck out to me, and it's just, to me, it just says something great about another person that we all love, was that, I guess at one point, Double Fine was, was about to... You know, they were running out of money, and they were about to fold. Yep. And uh, and who did he call, Joe, to ask if they would buy some of the company? A person that I did not expect, Will Wright. That blew my mind. Yeah. That blew I don't think, your mind? Yeah, I would not have expected that. Out of all people, I thought it was like another... Some random tech VC from San Francisco or something. I, I didn't. Why would you not think it was Will Wright? Why, why would I think it was Will Wright? That was out of nowhere. I mean, just uh, I mean, they. I never knew that they had worked together in any capacity. Um, so there was like, it, it just kind of came out of nowhere for me. I, I didn't see any connection or anything. I mean, when you think someone who's like really generous mm. and like has been around forever. And it's just like a really good person. Will Wright comes to mind like mm. top of the list for me. So uh, yeah. it was nice, nice for me to hear that. Um, and apparently, I guess what happened was he he offered a percentage of the company, and I, I guess the lawyer, Will Wright's lawyers, said that you legally can't own a part of this other company. So, and he just said. So I'm just gonna give you the money. Yeah. Is, oh wow. It's fucking. It's crazy. It's. I mean, if he hadn't done that, like, where would Tim Shaver have landed? His, I mean, his career would have been completely different. But to me, that was that was just. Uh, I don't know. I like to think that it's it's indicative of kind of a wider mentality in the gaming industry. For as much a uh, good energy as as I feel like we got from the award show, that kind of. It kind of made me feel like that energy's always been there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's um that at that moment, that's when uh Tim. I mean, that's when he just 
that's when he just broke down. Like he just was crying. And just yeah, a very very emotional moment for him for good reason. I mean that's just well right. That that's just a good person right there. I mean that man. I wish more of those people existed in this world. That's yeah. What would he be right now? I mean yeah. So that's why I love this award show so much. It's just because it's just you just. Every time I go in there and I see all this stuff, I just get so pumped and excited and the energy flowing through everything. It's just always of creativity and, you know, support and like, yeah, we can do this. And, you know, this is next year is going to be even better than this year kind of feeling. And yeah, so it, uh, I just love it. I love it. And I love, I love Tim Schaefer. Man, I will admit I'm not a huge fan of his games. Did you I play, play Monkey more. Island, Joe? I did not play Monkey Island, no. Oh, that's but, so uh, good. Yeah, that's why I keep hearing. I need to play those. I need to play more of, um, of the games that he's made. But like, just what he's done for... Um, the thing I like the most that he's done at Double Fine is making those... Um, the Shoot, what are they called? Uh, the game jams that he did and the behind-the-scenes that he did for when he was making the Kickstarter game and all those stuff, like basically just showing you behind the scenes how everything works in basically Fortnite a game company. Media. There it is. That that's what it is. Um, yeah, just all of that stuff was amazing. I mean, just they really, really like gave you just a view behind the curtain, if you will, for the financials, for you know, how the design process works, for like literally everything, which I thought was just they. Oh man, I, I love him for that. And he's just really good doing the humor in games, which you don't see too much of. And just overall, he's a great guy. He's always willing to help. He does that whole, what's that little, um, that, that developer day event thing? Um, day of the devs. Day of, yeah, day of the devs. I mean, he's just an all around great guy too. So one day I hope to be able to meet him and interview him or just talk to him or go to lunch with him. I don't know. I just want to, <laughs> I just want to be in his presence. He just seems like a, yeah, <laughs> he just seems like a really nice guy to talk to. So yeah, yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> I thought about uh, I went to Day of the Devs once and I thought about um, walking up and saying hi because it seemed like a lot of people were, were were doing that and he seemed very patient with everybody. Yeah, it was just you know every time I turned around and saw him he was talking to some random person who was just a fan. I didn't end up doing that, but I'm sure if you you went to one, you know, he's pretty accessible. Just to say hi to. Feeling I got, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so, that was the award show. Mm hmm. That was our experience. Do you have any, uh, thoughts and feelings you want to say about the show or about your time in San Francisco? Did you enjoy that? You got the <laughs> first guy shooting up in an alley. Oh, man. That was not fun. Did not enjoy that quick scene. Uh, yeah. San Francisco at night is an interesting place. Get to see magical things everywhere. Um, yeah. I just, I finally got a decent phone because my previous phone, the battery was just god awful and it kept dying on me and I got into the wrong lifts and I couldn't get a lift to find me. Besides all that and like getting lost really badly. And getting dropped off way on the other side of town because I was in the wrong lift. That not great, but um, but just yeah, I like San Francisco. I'd never probably want to live in there, but I, I like visiting. It's it's always a nice time. I, I hope 
they do not ever move GDC. It's always been at the Moscone Center, except in, uh, that's not true. Except I think for like in the early year, like the much earlier years, it was, I think it was in a few other places, but it's really mainly always been the Moscone Center. And I hope it stays here because I do like exploring San Francisco and Moscone Center itself is pretty nice to walk around to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had fun. Really, it was just kind of the location of your hotel. <laughs> right. Very sketchy. Mm-hmm. Not, not the best place, but uh, for the baller on a budget. It is a nice hotel. It's just outside is... Not great. <laughs> not great. It was a busy week for me, too. To watch a lot of Naked and Afraid. <laughs> you really like that show. It's just so uh, fascinating, Joe. <laughs> I should give it another try. Maybe I brushed it off too fast. It's fucking nuts. <laughs> it's, it's, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm surprised that it's allowed. <laughs> uh, well, people do crazy things for money. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was good to see you in the flesh. Yeah. I want to say this is like the most amount of time that we spent together since, like, ever. Since Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a long, long time ago. Good lord. Well, sir, I enjoyed your company thoroughly. Good bonding time. Yeah, it was very fun. Have <laughs> 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 to get jump cables in on this at some point. Even more fun. One of you guys needs to get. Uh, well, I was gonna say one of you guys needs to get a place, but I mean, I have a place. You guys just come down here. I have zero problem doing that. I wonder if he would hesitate. Who knows? We talked about this. Yeah, uh, I believe he said, I asked him, probably later in the summer, um, he should be available, like, I think he said, like, July or August or something, because he's, when the semester ends, he's going to be going on some family trip, and then once that's done, he said that he should be good to go. Where is he going? I don't know. He did not say, but he just said he's going to be doing some sort of family trip. I wasn't privy to this conversation. <laughs> I just poked him directly. Uh, you can bring it up in the main shoot. Poked him directly with those eight inches? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you got to close his eyes. <laughs> All right, well, anything you want to say to the audience? Um, Definitely, if you are wanting to make games, or heck, just... Just curious about the game development process. I would say GDC is worth going to. Now, the only problem <laughs> is that you do need a pass. Um, and I believe the cheapest pass you could get, like Early Bird, is still a little over $100. But if you're a student of some sort, you can get a discount. I would say for nothing else, it's worth going the first two days, like Monday and Tuesday. Um, the Expo for floor really starts to open up on Wednesday, like no, Tuesday and Wednesday, I would not advise coming to GDC on Thursday and Friday. It is usually dead. I'm um, sure those are the cheapest passes, though. Yeah, they are. I mean, but Fridays, pretty much no one is there. Like, usually people are packing up and about to fly or go, or whatever. Thursdays are usually kind of where things start dying down. Um, but if you want to, like, get plus, plus playing all the games and Meeting all the indie game developers and playing all the wacky creative, you know, like board games and unicorn suits and burrito costumes and all that nuttiness. That usually the best time for that is like um, on Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah. So. And those are all 
related to specific games. It's not shit you see walking around. Just to be clear, this ain't yes. free. Right, exactly. Yes, that is a big thing. Do not come into this thinking it is E3. It is not that at all. You will play some games, but there is not going to be a large area devoted just to playing games. There will be like little tiny spots here and there for playing a few indie games, which I'm sure will be at E3. So, yeah, don't come into it thinking that. Yeah, uh, I want to say I actually went, I, when I went... Um... I did go on a Thursday and Friday, and I had a good time. Yeah, I mean, it's it's still fun. Um, I guess it really just also... Go ahead. Well, I mean, I got to see, like, Will Wright talk, and I got to see another interesting talk. Yeah. I got to see the uh, Indie Game Challenge. Um, so... <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I mean, there are still things happening. Like, there are still talks. There are a few talks on Friday and stuff. And, and there, I mean, there's talks all throughout the week. So I guess it just really depends on, like, you know... What's your plan for when you go there? I mean, you're gonna, are you going there for the expo? Are you going there for talks? Are you going there just to network? Like, if you're just, if you just want to go to GDC and like don't even have a pass and all you want to do is just network and meet developers, there are tons and tons of little unofficial events that happen like all around, um, the Moscone Center with like, you know, um, like, uh, indie round table, indie game developer round tables, just meeting up with people. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's parties. tons of stuff. Oh, there, oh my god. There are so many parties. There is just, there are parties literally every night. Like, like, I think for where I work, we always have like a big spreadsheet that lists all the parties for, for if anyone wants to go to them. And this year, we had over 50 parties listed in that Excel spreadsheet. There are so many parties. It's, it's absurd. So. Yeah, if you want to just do that, just hit up all the parties and get drunk and wasted and, you know, lose your voice, then by all means, go for it. Yeah. All right. Sounds like you got to had a good time over there. I did. Me too. Uh, I guess we'll talk to y'all next month. Hopefully.
All right, I need to get going now. All right, take it out there. I will. You have a good day as well. Try not to put your dick in the toilet bowl water. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> All right, bye-bye. Bye.